0: Sound of Hockey episode 206. We're calling this one the Seattle episode. Why are we calling it that, John?
1: Well, it's actually, if people aren't from the area, they might not know. I <laughs> yeah,
0: but... get that. I realized that I listened back to because we teased that that would be the name of it at yeah, the end. People of are like, I don't,
1: well, right. They probably, anyway, 206 is obviously the area code uh, right. for most of the audience that knows about it. But um, yeah, 206 sounds like the right number.
0: That's right. Uh, so now we've made it. We thought we had made it with episode 200. No, no. Absolutely. Now we're going to shut it, it down. down. When you now hit your area code, yeah. that's when you know. That's it. Yeah.
2: that's Although, it. you know, my area code for my phone number is 360. So we got a ways to go.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> mine's 775.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, mine's in the 900s actually. Oh, man. Holy. So. We're going So to, for us
2: three, the 206 means nothing. You're going to have to stick with this podcast <laughs> for a yeah. while. Uh, this
0: podcast, by the way, is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Eide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter.
0: And we are coming to you from Seattle, Bar Down Studios, to be specific. Also, make sure to follow our at Sound underscore hockey uh, account. We're going to be doing a lot of tweeting from there this week because training camp has arrived. It is officially here. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Camp is actually opening on Thursday, so rookie camp is in the rearview mirror. There's a little two-day thing happened very quickly. Uh, we're going to talk about all that on this show. Uh, we also—it's a big show because we have not one but two very fun guests on this episode. Uh, they were on the show with us together, which we've never really done that before. Interviewing two people. Well, I guess we have Danny and Namita We interviewed. That's them right. Same time, yeah. Right. Um, but never a father-son. Combo no first father son
1: so, combo um, yeah yeah
0: so really really fun conversation we talked to them in person at Kraken community iceplex uh, a few days ago so please do stick around for that thank are you can tell, it. are you
2: gonna tell the listeners who they are or are we gonna wait until we get there
0: i mean i think the listeners probably know who they are but we'll we'll wait until okay. we get there we'll did wait. he
2: say the names no he hasn't said the names
0: did i not no, because oh, I was going to. Eddie add... and Nick Olchek. I, I thought you <laughs> meant like who they are, as in like why they're. Yeah, why no, they're known, I, I but...
2: thought you, you haven't mentioned their name. All right.
0: Well, <laughs> it's going to keep people guessing, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah, you're like, oh, you're, you're going to love it. Yeah, and yeah. certainly. going to
2: say they're the second and third Olcheks that we've had on the show. Right.
0: So that's true. Certainly, we didn't uh, put that in like the title of the episode either, right? Yeah.
2: So, no, yeah. it was a Seattle episode.
0: Anyway, Nick and Eddie Olchek, both of them are on the episode, and it's a fantastic interview. So stick around. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, we do have a review. to share it comes from our good friend idiot guru yeah yeah was hanging out with us at uh the the sea shanty thing last week so he wrote us a sea shanty whoa now the thing is he he didn't really put it to a tune and he actually told me about this he's like hey i wrote you guys a sea shanty and put it on on apple podcasts uh five star review so i was like wow that's really great uh i was like what tune is it i'll try to sing it and he was like well i'm not really sure i kind of just wrote Some lyrics, so maybe it's more of a poem. But I told him I'd try to sing it, so I'm going to try to just come up with a tune here as I go. Love it. Okay? as i searched the itunes charts i saw a cast to catch a line the boys grabbed hold and joined the queue on rotation they now reside <laughs> andy and john and darren speak well and allison <laughs> bends my ear these voices they teach the game with class the suffering goalie gear the kraken it swims it's on its way its arms approach from below now sound of hockey is here to stay make time and enjoy the show idiot guru well done (laughs) incredible how was my tune there that wasn't good right we should have been doing the yeah percussion yeah no i think i may have gotten myself into a little bit of a gilligan's island tune there at the end you're good Without meaning but to. But
2: that Gilligan's Island is very close to being a sea shanty. Kind
0: of, yeah. It's not, but... Now, one thing we learned at that sea shanty thing, and not to beat a dead horse here, because that was last week, we already talked about <laughs> it, but uh, it, sea shanties traditionally, and so the one that was getting played last year at Kraken Games, he told us that's not really a sea shanty, because oh. more traditionally, the way they work is that whoever was like leading them on the boat would just sing one line, right? And then everyone else would repeat it. So that song doesn't really fit with that uh kind of thing yeah. but that's why I like you know drunken sailor that song what you gonna do with the drunken sailor yeah yeah somebody on deck would sing that and then everybody else would repeat it for the other two oh, lines so yeah we learned a little something at that sea um shanty can i recording. shout out to
2: the guy we met at kci the other day whose name i've already forgotten i apologize uh,
0: joey puck place market
2: is that yes that's who it was yep. yes
0: mm-hmm. who
2: said that my voice was very soothing so yeah. i want to thank him for that and then also <laughs>
0: He I actually saying so you're I,
2: welcome to all the other people who have been soothed by my voice.
0: <laughs> when I was walking in, uh, he heard me because I like he opened the door for me or something. And I was like, hey, thank you. And he's like, oh, are you John Barr? And I was like, <laughs> no, no, but pretty close. Um, anyway, yeah, thanks for introducing yourself there, Joey. That was nice to meet you and hope you had fun at the Rookie Camp. Uh, so with that, let's dive into our Kraken news. Uh, so like I said, Rookie Camp is in the rear view. It was fine. I don't know. There was nothing super groundbreaking about it. It was good to you know see Shane Wright and Matty Beneers out there. Yeah. Um, it was largely... Drills. They didn't, yeah, largely drills. <laughs> they didn't even really scrimmage or anything like that. Yep. Um, so it was fine, right? I mean, what were, what were we your were takeaways? We were watching hockey, yeah. Couldn't yep. complain. I mean, it was about what we expected. I think that if I'm being a little bit of a harsh critic here. I think that the development camp over the summer was a little bit more interesting for some reason. I just thought it was like I don't
2: well, know. the player there was new a lot of new faces we hadn't seen before. Yeah. And, and they had a they had a three on three game that they played. Yeah. Yeah. which was pretty fun
0: you're right um, anyway that's done now uh the veterans like we said they start Thursday uh, they'll have obviously some of the rookies will stick around for that as well uh, Andy you had an interesting couple of stories this week you checked in with Riker Evans and Jagger Furkus. anything interesting you can share from those chats
2: um you know it's Riker Evans is an interesting player I think I think he has an outside chance I stress outside chance of mm-hmm. making of cracking the roster if he really plays well in camp uh he could find a spot i think he's close to, to the nhl but my guess is he'll start in coachella valley but it wouldn't surprise me if there's an injury or something happens that he might be one of the first call-ups depending on who it is what's going on he, yeah. I, I think he's got a skill set that that is somewhat missing from the current defensive core i mean he's he's all about offense and i don't know if they have a guy who's all about offense um they of, like, like Vince Dunn's kind of a two way guy and can jump in, but I think Evans looks offensively more than, than Dunn does. Yeah. So,
0: and um, part of me thinks like, I don't know, that would be a stretch to have him jump right in as a quote unquote true rookie, but he's also 20. He's not. You know, like he's, he's not 18, like Shane Wright. He's older because they drafted him as an overager. Uh, that sounded very Minnesotan, didn't it? Over, over overager. Um, (laughs) but I think, I don't know. I I think he would really benefit from some AHL time, you know, and, and realistically we're going to talk about this a little bit more, like kind of the roster projections in in just a few minutes, but, um, you might be onto something there. They, they could have a, you know, maybe a spot for him, but we'll see. If
2: I were betting, I would bet that he'll start, he'll start with Coachella Valley. Um, but, but it depends on his campus. I wouldn't, on camp I wouldn't goes too. bet on something right. like that. But I just think there's like a, there's his chance of making the roster isn't at zero. We'll say that. It right. may not be much higher, but it's not
1: at zero.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. Matty Benier said he he gained 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. Um, so that was interesting. I, it's yeah. a good thing
1: he clarified muscle. Right?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did look pretty small last year, right? So, yep. like, that's that's a good thing, I guess. I personally have gained ten to twelve pounds as well, but maybe <laughs> yeah. not, not in the same muscle. way. He um, seems to
2: be aware of that you know, and prepared for the longer eighty-two game grind because mm-hmm. he never had to play that many games in a season. So, yeah. This will be a little different for him.
0: Ryan Winterton is, again, injured. Remember, he had a tough year last year because he had a shoulder, I think it was a shoulder uh, injury, missed the first part of the season, came back, like, around New Year's, I think, and he was awesome after he came back, uh, but now he's injured again, so he didn't participate, and he's not going to be here for camp. Sounds like I was seeing some reports out there that he may miss the beginning of the season as well again, so similar scenario, and it sounds like it's again a shoulder injury. So. Yeah, this
2: one occurred at the Memorial Cup last year, where uh-huh. the last season it was in camp, like the first day it was yeah. Seattle.
0: Uh, they did media day today, which meant they were doing like their headshots and stuff like that. Uh, the highlights of that, Brandon Tanev is back with his wide eyes. So, uh, he (laughs) did what everyone was hoping he would do. Certainly. I wondered, I actually wondered if he was going to go for it again. I mean, he's, he leans into like being the fan favorite. So I'm certainly not surprised, but also he did it two years in a row. And last year he also got hurt really bad. Right. So like not exactly an ideal (laughs) season for him, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he did it and everybody loves it. So that's great.
2: Also out at the Husky game this past weekend uh-huh. with a number of Kraken players. That's right. But he was there to wind up the the horn or whatever it is mm. that they do over there.
0: Uh, he Let's see, Shane Wright did a Russell Wilson Kraken Country Let's Glide, which was oh, I see that. pretty funny. Um, yeah, that was pretty much everything that we kind of had so far from the week. We also, not related to rookie camp at all, but John and I participated in a on-ice media hockey clinic. <laughs> <laughs> a few days ago, which was quite comical. It was a very wide range of uh, abilities out there, which uh, I thought was pretty fun. But de- I,
1: go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, it. I think that's really fun yeah. to get those guys out there and, and women out there. Folks. Yeah, just getting on the ice, getting them... Touching a puck and and holding a stick and I I think it's really cool when people even put themselves in that position to get Just to on the try ice. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's pretty impressive. And there were spills,
0: mm-hmm. a few falls, yeah. A few Mistakes good were made,
1: yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really fun, and I think I mean Hackstall was out there, the skills coach was out there. Um, it was. I thought it was really cool to see people participate and the coaches kind of interacting and teaching them some very, very high level basics to people that may have never been on the ice before. Right. So very cool.
0: Uh, I offered to suit up in full gear. So there Which was, was a, cool. a goalie there. Yeah. Um, it was me. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. It was pretty fun, especially because Nick Oldcheck guest on the show. He was. He was there. He's a former Division I hockey player. so Heavy shot. He's got a heavy shot. <laughs> definitely a heavy shot. Uh, but it was really fun to try Didn, to stop Didn't
1: him, a coach you know? shoot on you? He did.
0: Yeah, Dave Haxtell. He What's actually, his shooting percentage he, on well, you? Well, he took one shot, and he did unfortunately score. I got a little nervous when he, for some reason, I was like, all right, now I'm going to really make a save here, and I just whiffed it completely. But to, <laughs> it was cool. To be I heard fair, you guys
1: joking about like him not taking another shot yeah, intentionally. He, right. He was
0: like, yeah, that's that's it. Because I was I was kind of poking at him. I'm like, Hey, you only took one shot, but it was a good one. So shooting percentage is a thousand or hundred <laughs> yeah. percent on the day. Right. He's like, yeah, I know when to quit when I'm ahead. Um, but you know, in my defense on that one, it was that pretzel drill where you just kind of get a pass at the blue line and just skate right in and do whatever you want. Shoot. So he had a lot to shoot at there. I will, I will admit that. But, um, anyway, it was, it was a fun outing. Definitely a good time. Um, uh, um someone,
2: someone related to you playing goal. Uh-huh. Uh, in my recap for the first day of, of rookie camp, I, I mentioned there was a mystery goalie and in, in that the guy wearing jersey number one with no name. Nobody, nobody knew who he was. Even the crack of PR people couldn't tell me who he was. Yeah, There were people in the, some of the comments on like Facebook and stuff that suggested... That Darren was the, the, uh, yeah. the mystery goalie. I can, I can confirm, confirm it, was it was not me. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Darren. Yeah. It was
0: one of the e-bugs. Well, I was joking that maybe uh, because Dave took one shot and scored, like that was my tryout, right? Like yeah. if, if I had did, stopped that, run, yeah. you know, maybe they would have considered. But think of the confidence
2: out, but... you would have given all the rookies. Yeah.
0: You know, the other <laughs> thing I was thinking about is like my gear is good gear. Um, but i feel shots sometimes like through my oh. through my catch glove and through my upper body stuff like it'll find a spot i would be legit kind of scared to stop nhl shots there now, with your gear with in your my set. gear yeah. yeah i have noticed that the they brought out mystery goalies for both those two days and yeah. they were wearing like Drieger's gear uh the first day and then the okay. guy well, the second yeah. I day I was wearing grubauer's gear so both maybe they like
1: both of them are in gear leaguers in the uh-huh. KHL. Yeah. They were different guys right. both days. Yeah, um, so they, were they actually have those. Those are their own Their gear. official... Yeah. What? Gear? That's yeah. their official gear? They're, those pads, at least. The oh. helmet, the second day the helmet looked like it was actually a Kraken branded okay. helmet, and I don't think that's his normal helmet, but uh, it might have been extra Protection. protected. Yeah. So, yeah. So, because um, yeah. so, they had... I think the bugs got to buy, or maybe they him gave him gear at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, and then the other guy... I think, bottom in the gear sale. Gotcha. So, Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, just an emergency suit-up scenario. Um,
2: I do know last last year they were giving Grubauer a day off. And ben Guerrero from the Kraken PR team right. suited up and gold. He had
0: Grubauer's gear on. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is way too much talk about this piece. <laughs> about of some random... Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about, though, as we are getting into training camp here, and I have a a piece coming up on soundofhockey.com. So check it out. Just about kind of some storylines and players to keep an eye on. Nothing is super groundbreaking. It's just me scanning the roster and saying, all right, this guy has a spot. This guy doesn't necessarily have a spot. Uh, Now, going through that exercise, one thing I kind of realized is there really are no like spare spots, at least at the forward group. So if everybody's healthy, uh, let me. I'm going to name you all the players that I think are more or less locks to make the roster, right? Matty Beneers, and pa- stop me if you think anybody doesn't belong as a, a okay. definite to okay. make the okay. roster. Matty Beneers, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Andre Burakovsky, Ryan Donato, Jonas Donskoy, Jordan Eberle, Morgan Geeky, Yanni Gord, Carson Kuhlman, Jared McCann, Jaden Schwartz, Brandon Tanev, Alex Wenberg, Shane Wright. Do any of those players, like, do you foresee any of them somehow not making the roster?
2: I don't. Okay. I so mean, that's... I think there's a little, little bit of a question on Wright, but I, I think it'll be that.
1: Uh I would say if I'm stacking them, ranking mm-hmm. them, I'd say Kuhlman could be the the bottom. Okay. Meaning, like, if somebody impresses, he's the one that might be on the hot seat or sent down.
0: So, okay, I would agree with you, but it's not necessarily stack ranking. For me, it's more just, do we think he's on the roster? And well, I remember I, from last year, Haxtell loves him. So I would think he's on the roster.
1: Yeah, but, um, you know, if Cole Lynn somehow comes out of nowhere, or yep. or Daniel Sprong, mm-hmm. right, which you haven't mentioned, but obviously because you don't think he's a lock. Yep. If those guys have, like, this amazing camp, or, you know, if you send them down to the AHL, they're they're going to be exposed. Okay. Um so. a
0: fair point, yeah. And, and so... Where I'm getting here is that there's 14 players there, right? Yeah. I see Carson Kuhlman as a lock. Maybe you don't. That's okay. But then the players that are not included in that group are Cole Lind, John Hayden, who got acquired this offseason, Alexander True, Daniel Sprong, who doesn't even have a contract. He's just on a PTO, right? But technically an NHL caliber player. But all those guys have, have no spot, right? And and there's also Andrew Podorowski, who uh, has never really gotten a chance at the NHL level, but he's been a really good uh, AHL scorer. So there's players there that are fighting for spots that don't really exist unless somebody gets hurt. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting, just like going through that forward core pretty well locked in
1: yeah and when i say coolman is i'm just saying like i mean because Lind was a pretty highly regarded prospect years ago right and and there you know he went through some injuries two years ago last year was a good year in the ahl i'm just saying like if he can score i mean and and i don't i don't i don't know how this may be fighting
2: for like the 13th forward spot or yeah Right, but, I mean, right. I'd say Coolman right? is
1: like seventy-five percent locked. Just mm-hmm. to be clear, like mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to like because I love him too. But with Tanav, you kind of have an yeah, and they got
0: Coolman after Tanav got hurt, right? Yeah. So do you need two guys like that? I don't know. They but, got him on waivers too right. last
1: year, yeah. right? So some other team thought he was not expendable. good enough to make their squad. It happened to be Boston, which is a little bit better than Kraken last year. So maybe it's not a fair comparable, but. Yeah. You get my point.
0: And the other piece of that too is so if you if you put Cole in on waivers, which they would have to do, I think he's definitely could potentially be claimed right so that's a tough spot you know I mean uh, that's what happens you you do have to send guys through waivers at the end of camp and it would kind of stink one wrinkle here is like if they're not going to keep Shane Wright for the whole season but they want to do the nine game thing because that is something they can do right they can keep him for nine games then send him back to the OHL they can keep him for 20 games and send him back to the OHL well if he doesn't play no he can only play
2: 20 games he can play Half the season. Sure, but but you burn your entry you, level. That's right. Yes, contract.
0: I'm sorry. That that should have been stated. So if <laughs> they can play him up to nine games without burning the first yes. year of his deal, so that's usually where the decision comes in for NHL teams with young guys that still have eligibility to go back to the CHL. Is after the nine games, do they keep the guy or do they send him back to avoid using up the first year of his entry level deal? So that'll be a story, I think, up until he's played nine games. Um, But where I was going with that is it would kind of stink if they keep him for only nine games, then send him back. And because they kept him for nine games, they had to put Cole Lind on waivers and they lose Cole, Win- <laughs> yeah. Cole Lind, right? Like just thinking <laughs> a few sinks. steps ahead. So um, so that's kind of the story on the the forwards. There's not a ton of competition there, I don't think, unless uh, unless somebody gets hurt, which is always unfortunately a possibility. On the defensive side of things, uh, here's who I have kind of penciled in. Correct me if there's anybody here that you don't think is locked. Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, Jamie Oleksiak, Justin Schultz. Carson Soucy, and then I also said Will Borgen, even though he didn't play a ton last year, but they kept him for the whole season when they easily could have waived him, right? So that leaves one spot open for kind of an extra defenseman, and then of those extra defensemen, you have Cale Flurry, Michael Kempney, and Riker Evans, right? So, I don't know. I mean, I think you kind of have three guys competing for one sort of extra spot on the team there, um, but again, I, I don't think so there's who do, a ton of competition.
1: You, so it's really... Kempney or Flurry, right, right?
0: Is my thought. Yeah, I don't think we talked about Evans earlier. Like, I don't think he's right, right. realistically going to make the team. It's possible, but we'll see. Um, I
2: has got that. has got the experience factor. Yeah,
0: but he played. I mean, he's got been dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah, and um, Kale Flurry is a right shot, so that's valuable. So I don't know. And I thought Flurry did a good job last year yep. down the stretch, the few games that he played. So
1: we'll see. Yeah, no idea. I, I I mean, that's that's going to be the interesting one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, is who. I mean, Cale Fleury had, like, a great AHL year, Yeah, you know, when he was with Charlotte, but, you know, he hasn't...
2: Borgen feels kind of incomplete, too, because he was a scratch every night, almost, for the first half of the season. He really didn't play a lot until after the trade deadline, but... I know everyone on the team seems to like him. He's a popular player, and he's got some skill. And theoretically, I know they, theoretically,
1: they could lose one of those three guys. Yeah, right? I think they
2: held on to him a lot last year. They always had extra defensemen instead of forwards. I think they held on to him because they, they were worried that they were convinced they're going to lose him in waivers if they tried to send him down. Right,
1: like they lost Bastion. Yeah, Chalowski in camp. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: they're still in that that, that situation now, but uh, they have they and, have some other guys that could maybe replace. And the reality
1: them. is, like 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 we were talking about Kuhlman cool and and even kale flurry i like but you know you can't hold it's like yeah, having a fantasy everybody. team that you just like holding on to your guys even yeah. though there's plenty of better guys out there or you know you're just not or they're replaceable really i mean and me, they me are, I are right could, like, but, yeah. like there's somebody you're, like kale flurry is not going to turn into kale mccarr in four years like we don't need <laughs> i'm double... glad
0: you found a, a second kale to compare <laughs> <Yeah>. him to <laughs> there That's that was one, good yeah,
1: yeah. but i hear though you know it, it's it's we have to be okay with some of this, because yeah. that's the only way we're going to get better. We can't hold on to these guys forever.
2: But it's kind of striking the different situation the team finds itself in this year. It's just a year ago. There wasn't this kind of you know wringing of the hands over who's going to make the forwards. I mean, it was there was though. There but, was but some. At a different level. It feels yeah, like you weren't it, it looking at different. the 14th forward necessarily. You were. It was literally like which of these six. <laughs> 20 marginal 12? players are yeah. going to be? I- the-
1: ironically, we were talking about Cole Lind and Kale Flurry last yeah. year, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and those guys. Are in the same boat and Will Borgen, yeah, yeah, even Alex True, right? Right in the way. Like Cole is,
2: Lynn is a tough one because it just seems to be like there's so much potential there. But again, you haven't quite seen it at the NHL level. I, he's almost like similar to Joey Decord, who was great.
1: Okay, here's here's the uh, lower,
2: and the I, you know, lower
0: levels. But. I wasn't
1: gonna bring this up. And so, what about Jonas hmm. Right? Is, well, uh,
0: yeah, he's the only thing that they can really. They're not gonna put him on waivers, though. I don't think. Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. Because you can only bury so much of his salary in the, the AHL. Too. They don't
1: need to do that. That's not really the point. It's really to not lose, K- you know, Cole Lind, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's. I don't think, and I'm, I'm hoping Donskoy had super bad shooting percentage last year, and, and it his, made it look, hands down his worst season.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it not looked, close, it looked yeah.
1: like, it, it looked like horrible on paper, and and like he didn't look that great, but he is a goal scorer. Even though he didn't score any goals last year, uh, I think he scored one or two. Um one, yeah, but maybe two. I don't know. Yeah, so, so either way, yeah,
3: like hell, I, yeah. I
1: don't think that's a likely scenario. He's I'm expecting a, a, a rebound for Donskoy, Maybe not a huge rebound, but a rebound that is going to be better than, you know, like twelve, hopefully twelve goals, goals or something like that. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be huge compared to last year. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, that's our Kraken discussion. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Okay, goalies. You don't Joey want to talk Decord. about We can talk about it. I think we we kind of have solved that a little bit. I mean, it's. I think the smart money there is it's going to be Grubauer and Martin Jones, right? Because Martin Jones got signed to a $2 million deal. Clearly, they brought him in to be the backup. Joey Decord, we've mentioned it before. We love the guy. Absolutely. He hasn't really shown yet that he's ready to be an NHL goalie so I think the likeliest scenario is obviously that he gets put on waivers sent down um, but you never know he could come in and, and blow people away here yeah. in his performances in preseason and Martin Jones could fumble and they might say let's put Martin Jones on waivers and see what happens I see it's I possible. see that
2: similar like Jones is a leader in the clubhouse to be the backup mm-hmm. uh, but Francis did say and this could just be GM talk uh, at the end of the year during free agency that all the goalies will have a shot you know he may yeah. have just been saying that but, but he may, but he may really mean it but But that brings the core
0: back into the picture a little bit but he would have to be phenomenal in the preseason he then said something along the lines of they weren't super worried about putting him on waivers because you have to put guys on waivers every year it's just the nature of the beast so well and
1: we've talked to other people inside the crack and that said no team is planning to claim somebody on waiver right you go into camp with yeah. two two You're expected goalies All so there's not another player out there that they're like or mm-hmm. another team out there that's goes in with one goalie well, oh, hoping we're, somebody we're waves just, <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to grab decord when he goes on waivers yeah, right, right. cuz they have to have a spot for him too so
2: could be a little easier to sneak him through waivers and it might be a
0: skater right Uh, We do have a quick WHL update from our WHL correspondent, Andy Eide. Hello, Andy.
2: Hello. Real quick one. (laughs) (laughs) WHL regular season starts uh, this weekend. Jeez. All the teams are in play. That is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, I know, like, I heard that today the Thunderbirds, who have, like, still seven guys at NHL camp, may not get all those guys by the season over. They had nine forwards skating at practice today. Wow. That's all you really need.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Three lines. They're good.
2: And eight defensemen. Yeah. you might see one of those guys play here on Monday for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Reed Schaefer, I think, stands a good chance of playing in that preseason game here. Um, he's had a great camp there with, with the Oilers. I really like him from what I hear. But uh, So that started... Uh, the CHL rankings are out. I often I like to make fun of the CHL rankings because they're often ridiculous. But the Seattle but not this year. Yeah, not this year. They're yeah, legit. Still they're legit, being legit this year. Yeah. I just don't know as much this year as I have in years past about the teams. But uh, as far as WHL things, it looks okay. Seattle they have ranked third uh, in in all of Canada, I guess. But the number one team is uh, the Winnipeg Ice, mm-hmm. which will have Connor Geeky and Savoy on them again this year. Okay. Um, Jagger Fergus, Seattle Kraken prospect. His Moose Jaw Warriors are ranked 10th. Okay. They're, they're going to have a good season, so um, should be some good hockey locally uh, at that level.
0: Yeah, and Jagger Furcus is not going to be playing against any of the Seattle teams this year. Here, yeah, not any. here
2: in the area. The, uh-huh. the U.S. Division goes out there this year, so he'll play them in Moose Jaw. Closest he gets is uh, Langley for the Vancouver Giants. They will go out there and play them. Gotcha.
0: Uh, some NHL news just around the, the league here. A couple of a couple of decent size headlines. Nathan McKinnon got a extension. Heard uh, yeah. Heard of him. Eight years, $12.6 million a year AAV. So that makes him the highest played payer, the highest played payer, highest paid player, <laughs> player in the NHL. Uh, so that's a pretty a lot of significant guacamole. deal. A lot of guacamole. It doesn't kick in until <laughs> after, I guess, after this season. Right. Uh, but I, I mean, it's one of those where he's been a great, great, Underpaid player for a long time, and now he's getting paid, and it makes sense. Um, but it's still hard to wrap around like my head around because I just don't see him as the best player in the NHL. I think he's like top three, but I don't think he's the best player in the NHL, so it's hard to timing, timing. right. Well, right.
2: he'll hold that title for till the next, yeah, but then it, awesome it resets the somebody. market, yeah. right? So now <laughs> yeah. somebody yeah. else
0: is, is well, going to
1: get that soon. And then you also have the salary cap going up in a couple of years, so sure. whoever's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, is going to cash in on that. So. Maybe
2: maybe uh, Matti will overtake him in a couple oh, of years. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> well, don't know.
0: if that happens, then that means that, that Matti be really It probably wouldn't
1: be
2: yeah. in
0: two years. It probably be yeah, but the next contract that would mean he's like arguably the best player in the league. Then so yeah. that would be great. That, actually, the, that the Kraken should be happy. Yeah, let's root for that. Uh, Nils Lundqvist. I don't know much about this guy. Uh, but he got traded from the New York Rangers to the Dallas Stars for a pretty significant return. They gave him a, a sort of protected first-round pick in 2023. And I think there's also a fourth-round pick included in that, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know. What Do you guys know anything about Nils I, Lundqvist? I, I, first a rounder. little bit.
2: I believe he was a little disgruntled there, wasn't happy there. And, and okay. they believe he had asked for a trade. Uh, I did do a double-take when I saw the headline. because It said Lundqvist traded from Rangers to Stars. and Yeah. I thought didn't Hendrik Lundqvist retire quite a long time ago. It so, confused me for a split second.
1: He's a first round draft pick from 2018. So like, you know, he hasn't he's only got 25 NHL games so far um and if you look at the players around where he was drafted, that's that's about average. Um uh, yeah. so it's not like he's underperforming, but he's certainly not overperforming and and I think the writing was on the wall that he's not going to have a, a a roster spot or he's going to spend the spend the year in the AHL. So, uh We don't know much about him because he hasn't played much in the NHL, but he is a former first-rounder from 2018.
0: And speaking of retirements, as Andy just mentioned with (laughs) – Lundquist uh Zdeno Chara Keith Yandel and PK Subban all retired on the same day this yeah, week pretty uh, crazy which was interesting I don't know if they like got together and decided that I
2: saw a funny tweet that said the refs had to take a third guy off to to prove a point like okay two guys were getting
0: yeah. <laughs> got to take a third off yeah third the third guy was <laughs> was important but um all very impactful players yeah. you know Yandel had the Iron Man streak um great player PK P- Subban was for a Short period he was seen he as was one of if not the best defenseman in the in the NHL so and then Zdeno chair obviously is one of the most feared players in the NHL. I saw uh, somebody told me once that when he won the Stanley Cup with Boston and he lifted it up that there was a theory that that was the highest that the <laughs> the Stanley Cup had ever been lifted right because it was like up on skates and he's what six seven yeah. or whatever so um thought that was could kind of be fun, Look, six, is there a goalie six, out nine. there that gets close to that height uh that one. Actually, he might be taller than 6'7", isn't he? Is yeah, he, like he six, might be 6'9". Uh,
1: I don't know. Matt anyway. Sogard, keep an eye on him. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Matt great Sogard, point. if he ever wins yeah.
0: it. But, I mean, the like the toques on uh, player skate is ah, taller than a goalie profile. skate. Gotcha, so, oh, that's yeah. true. You know, Pretty, probably in theory. I don't know. What do you Remember, guys think
1: uh, about these guys?
0: I think they're all great players in yeah. their own right. I think Chera is – well. I mean, he was arguably the best defenseman for years, I thought, right? Like, yeah. I thought. Just a physical
2: force,
4: yeah. man. Like. <laughs> like, he was the
0: kind of a modern day, it's so totally different player just because his size was such an advantage for him. But, like,. In terms of players that like actually struck fear into the opponent, I think he was one of those guys. You know, like a you think about like a Darian Hatcher type or a Scott Pronger. Stevens type, Chris Pronger, right? Like he's kind of in that echelon. Different, yeah. different style, but it was like he couldn't score when he was on the ice. I, so.
1: I have a small Chara story,
0: which is ironic because he's a very big man. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Go for it.
1: So I was in Boston ten or eleven years ago, uh-huh. um, and it was in September, and researched. Where the Bruins play practice uh, to see if I could catch some of their training camp. It just so happens, the one day they have one at TD Garden, and so they it's free. Everybody can go in, and like Dunkin' Donuts is giving away tons of stuff. It's like <laughs> it's like pretty cool. But anyway, I went to a Bruins training camp ten or eleven years ago, nice. uh-huh. and there was a drill that they were doing around center ice, and it was kind of like a wheel drill, kind of like how they were doing at the Kraken uh, practice facility on the last day where there, there was two guys, it was like one-on-one, and you tried yeah. to beat the guy wide.
0: Race for the puck sort of, yeah. and then whoever so gets it goes in. Scores. It was a little yeah, different because
1: it was just center ice. And you know on the benches where everybody's water is all during yep. practice, it's all right on the railing. So this little guy also known as Brad Marchand, who nobody really knew at the time, <laughs> yeah. was doing it against Chara. And Chara hip-checked him right into the boards where the benches are, and the water went everywhere. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. But at the time, I didn't even know who Marchand was, right. but he was, he was up-and-comer at the time. And I like to think Chara was just trying to have some fun you know he wasn't doing it as like a rookie treatment or anything but anyway that that's was my chara story that's no, good yeah very good you,
2: you speak about how tough and intimidating he was there's an old video clip out there of Zdeno chara, chara playing for the prince george cougars in the whl in key <laughs> arena and uh, thunderbird i forget the i've seen that video yep uh challenges him drops the gloves and chara, i've never seen a beating like that chara tunes his gut to where he's wobbly when like the trainers had to come out on the ice to get him off the ice and he was wobbly it's one of the more impressive one-sided fights I think have seen I mean, how, do you, how do
0: you fight a guy
1: with arms that are like eight feet yeah, long? Yeah, when you're
2: like 17 or 18. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he fight
1: Le Cavier as well? I, that's uh, what I remember. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. I don't like that, actually, um, but...
0: But he was one, he wasn't like a he, there was no, never he cheap wasn't. right yeah. like and he no. wouldn't fight guys unless he was challenged like yeah. I think every now and then if somebody did something that was way over the line then he'd do he'd do something but uh, and then after a
2: while very few people challenged him. Right. it didn't take long before very the of exception
1: of this love Caveat okay fate, just so you know we'll look that yeah. up okay
0: uh, all right we're gonna move on to our interview with Eddie and Nick uh, we don't do a real. Like intro for them, so I'm going to go ahead and say what I had written down for Eddie, <laughs> uh, which is that he's a legendary broadcaster who recently joined the Kraken, uh, and before moving to the booth, he played over a 1,000 NHL games, of the Blackhawks, Maple Leafs, Jets, Rangers, Kings, and Penguins. He won the Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Uh, he also was an NHL head coach for uh, what like a year season and a season half? Season, yeah, yeah, with the the Penguins, that was actually it like bookended the the lockout. So he was the coach. Then they had a lockout, and then he came back, coached half the season, and then got fired. Um, and then he also is a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, um, and he loves uh, horse racing. So that's Eddie Olchek. Uh We also have Nick Olchek, who has also joined the broadcast team. He's going to be doing it, well. I guess it's not really official what he's going to be doing in the broadcast, but um, he'll be part of the broadcast. He uh, is a former Division One player with colorado college he also had worked for uh the blackhawks previously so it's some
1: echl stints yep that's well. right he's when, been and again we, this is a pro echl, ECHL that's right podcast. <laughs> we'll get to <laughs> all
0: right here they are the father-son combination eddie and nick Olchak. shy city shy
3: city I'm coming home again
4: do you think about me now and then yeah do you
0: we now welcome on to Sound of Hockey. This is a first for us. We've never had a father-son <laughs> duo, so this is exciting. But you are the second and third members of the Olchek family that have been on our podcast. Actually, we did have Ricky on the show. A the, while smart, ago. the smartest
5: Olchek, I might. I, I might mean, add. well, we'll see how this interview goes. We'll, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll be <laughs> the judges. No, 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 it doesn't matter what happens. Just Brown and Cornell on your resume. Okay, enough said. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: right, whatever. Yeah,
5: yeah. We we talked to him though about his um, track record
0: of scoring goals. At Brown, and uh, and
5: that was a and how and that was the shortest podcast. Hockey? was, the history of yeah, that was the main <laughs> sound of hockey yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a lot of sounds of hitting the uh, back of the net, right?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay, so I've I've kind of buried the lead here, but both Nick Olchek and Eddie Olchek, welcome to Sound of Hockey. Thank you, Thank both you. so much for joining Thank you us. Very much,
5: nice to be here. Appreciate and, it, and
0: and welcome to Seattle. How much time have both of you spent here at this point? I'm really not too Go sure, ahead, Nick.
3: For me, it's been a little over two weeks. Okay. And uh, starting to get fully acclimated to uh, the area around here, starting to get to know a lot of people and kind of familiarize myself with where the local grocery store is, where the <laughs> gas station's at, all the necessities. Uh, but it's been an awesome experience so far. Uh, everyone's and the been super welcoming. Like this, by it, way. That's what just, I've heard. Yeah, so, that's yeah, that, to, that's, that's what worry. I've been told. Yeah. It doesn't rain at all here. Nope. That's, that's what nope, I heard. Just so. a myth. Uh, yeah, right. But it's been. Uh, an honor to be here and to, uh, to be part of the Kraken family. But uh, mostly, any and any time you're a new person, uh, you just hope that people are welcoming uh, to you and to your family. And obviously, everybody's been uh, super gracious with their time for us here. And uh, I've started to obviously really enjoy my time with some of the beautiful weather we've had lately.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, and some smoke, but we don't need to talk about that.
3: <laughs> I thought it was fog. I woke up. Obviously, being from Chicago, we get fog pretty often from Lake oh, Michigan. Right. I I go to the grocery store. I was I was actually walking there. It was about a half mile down the road, and um, it's kind of hard to like breathe. I was breathing. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is like the thickest fog I've ever experienced. So I, I check out and I go to the uh, the the uh, the checkout person, and I go is it usually foggy like this? Like she goes, it's not fog. Yeah, I go, oh, so that explains why I'm
0: coughing up, you know, yeah. what I am. Yeah, it's, you know, harmful to go outside. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, it's super nice here. So Just yeah. wait for the wind. That's yeah. all you're waiting for. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, Eddie, is is this, like, you're just getting to Seattle. Yeah,
5: and- yeah. I just, uh, just kind of lay the land. obviously, um, in my situation, uh, things came together relatively uh late in the hockey off season and uh, my schedule, personal schedule been planned out for months at a time. So I've been kind of going back and forth and just trying to fulfill the commitments and and now being here for the last handful of days and having our broadcast meetings from within and just getting a chance to walk through the, you know, the offices and uh, meet people. So it's uh, Nick's done a really good job of kind of getting us set up. And, you know, for me, it's pretty much going to be from SeaTac to the apartment, apartment mm-hmm. to practice rink, apartment, the climate pledge <laughs> and back to CTAC. So I mean it just for at least for now, I mean if I can find my way and you know, that's kinda what I'm just trying to get a, a lay of the land. But it's been uh it's been a whirlwind personally, obviously coming from Chicago where I've been, you know, for I mean, been for my whole life so to speak, but the last sixteen years of uh broadcasting and obviously was a very difficult decision but um, the organization here with Todd and Victor and Katie and obviously Ronnie and my brother you know made it a a really really difficult decision to make a life-changing move to uh, come you know to come west and so you know a very emotional time for all of us as a family but At the end of the day, um, I'm just, you know, I'm really excited about being here and get a chance to work with Johnny and JT and Allison and obviously get a chance to to work alongside Nick as we did last year as well. So, you know, just a lot of things going through my mind, just even being here for a short period of time, but uh, just very excited and uh can't believe we're. I uh, think we're what twelve days away from exhibition hockey. So I know. Yeah. Better, yeah, get the, uh, better get the better get the makeup and get to uh, Sephora over there and get the makeup <laughs> out. Uh, Convenience, uh, just a, a face for TV or face for radio. Yeah, so there's a hair salon over there too. If you yeah, yeah, pop in there, I'm um, just trying to keep mine. I'm not. You know, I'm not worried about anybody touching. it. Tell us about it. You're yeah, preaching yeah, to the choir yeah, there. No, uh, yeah, you know, I,
0: I am curious though, and I mean, we've heard a little bit about the story, and maybe. I don't know how much you can even share, but yeah. um, how did this happen? I mean, how are we, how are we here today? Uh, Not so much for the interview yeah, part. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> um,
5: I would say, look, I, the Kraken, I mean, they came knocking on the door. I mean, you know, my contract was up at the end of June, and, you know, they seeked and were granted permission to talk to me before my contract expired in Chicago. And, I mean, they made me an offer too good to refuse. And, you know, look at my brother being here. Um, you know, we lost our mom over a year ago. And uh, Ricky's kind of been the leader and a caretaker of our family and going back and forth between here in Chicago and taking care of my dad and, you know, just, you know, a lot of those things that need to be taken care of. And he had obviously the legal background, but, you know, we've never had the opportunity to play together and never had the opportunity to work together. And, you know, with that opportunity and kind of just all came together very quickly. And, you know, look at uh, Chicago, is my home. We just couldn't come to a contract agreement and this opportunity was there and it took some time even when I stepped away from the Blackhawks there was no guarantee that I was coming here because there was just a lot of things that I had to jump through personally and professionally with my national deal with Deal with TNT as well. So it just, you know, it's just one of those things where they knocked on a door and it opened, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. And so not only Ricky's here, but, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but my oldest son, Eddie, is an amateur scout with the team as well. So, and Ron Francis, I'm proud to say um, that I was Ron Francis's teammate, but maybe even more proud to say that I was his last roommate that he ever had in the NHL. So (laughs) uh, I was the one that got up. From bed and had to turn the TV off because we didn't have remote controls back when we were rooming together. Um, So, you know, look, honestly, it was just they took a shot and they got the opportunity when, you know, when Chicago granted him the permission to talk to me and, you know, it just kind of started going down and, you know, the momentum was downhill from there, you know, in a positive way.
0: Yeah. Have you considered pitching, changing the team name to the Seattle Old Checks? <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, no. Okay. No. Fair no, enough. No. no. How sure enough.
2: much, uh, I'm curious, uh, I mean, all of the, the family ties that you have yeah. with the team is one thing. But we heard from a lot of people last year who joined the organization how the draw of something new yeah. was a real thing. And this still kind of has that new car sure. smell. It's only year two. Is that something that also was an attraction to come join this organization at this stage?
5: Well, I know for me, being an experienced guy in the NHL, you know, there's trepidation and change, but sometimes change can give some, some exhilaration and fire you up a little bit. And like I said, I mean... I've done 200 games with Johnny Forslund nationally, so I mean, I, we can jump into the booth tomorrow and you know close our eyes and you know we could work off each other no problem. So all of those things play into um, you know into those decisions and you know just seeing and like and having a a firsthand knowledge on where this was three years ago, right from the grassroots, because Ricky and Ronnie obviously. The relationship they had in Carolina together and then they come here and seeing it work from you know I remember walking in my parents home and and seeing renderings and drawings of you know <laughs> locker room and carpet patches and sw- I don't know call them swatches I don't know tiles and so kind of saw it from its infancy and watching very closely because you know having some blood in the game last year as a you know family with Ricky and obviously my son Eddie so I I mean did I ever think that I would leave Chicago no I didn't to be honest I mean I didn't but you know things change and so I just I find the you know the change part and I think for Nick and I you know Nick's been was down in the minors for almost three and a half years driving between Chicago and Indianapolis to hone his skills of, of trying to become a broadcaster and unfortunately Unfortunately, he got an opportunity when one of my very close friends and uh, my former teammates Troy Murray took ill last year in Chicago on the radio side and Troy wasn't able to work and they saw Nick, uh, the Hawks did, they saw Nick uh, doing a game on NBC Sports for uh, Notre Dame hockey, and it was just one of his first TV games that he ever did. And you know they were kind of impressed with what he was doing, and asked, you know, would he be interested in filling in for Troy because Troy was sick and going through chemo and whatever. And uh, you know, was he did an amazing job. And I think Nikki could tell you is that uh, like we would trade in his opportunity for Troy to be healthy. Right. Um, but Troy, being the man that he is, he just said, Nick, you know next man up mentality, man, go get it. And, uh, and Nikki hit it out of the park. And next thing you know, he was doing more games and he was doing studio and he had some opportunities in a couple of different places. And I think I could say that he, he was, he was here before I was, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but you know, I just think, you know, the whole family part of it kind of, you know, just kind of really tied it in all together. So obviously a, a real, uh, a real emotional time for, for all of us, but you know, things happen for a reason
1: and you just, you know, you play the hand that's dealt. So, when you started in Chicago uh-huh. in the broadcast booth, um, that was pretty much the low point, I believe, of the franchise as far as attendance in the in the local. Yeah,
5: it was, they're coming through a real tough time. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, they, but they had they just had drafted obviously uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and they, so they already had Seabrook yeah. and Keith in the pipeline. So when I got there, which was I got I was coaching in Pittsburgh and I got fired in the in Christmas. I like to say I got whacked in the
1: Christmas of uh,
5: <laughs> 2005. Um, and then I came back
1: in the start of the 06, 07 yeah. season. Yeah. And so obviously there was a big upswing there. And you know, I know you're a big USA hockey person as well. And Nick, you played probably through Illinois uh, youth system. There was such a spike in USA hockey participation, sure. attendance, viewership, right. everything was kind of Peaking, and I, that's kind of my dream here, right? I'm not expecting to be Illinois anytime soon. Sure, um, but three cups would help. So right. um, figure that out first. But then tell us about bringing on new fans, even in that perspective. And I'm not saying Chicago's not wasn't already a hockey town, yeah, but yeah. what was that yeah. like? And then Nick, I'd love to hear like the youth hockey explosion, and maybe you were. You were already a hockey family, so like, it's something you already did, obviously. But Illinois is like this showcase of everything coming together yeah. around the pro team, USA yeah. hockey. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that.
5: Well, I, I think it's, we could talk two hours on this, on this because it, it is such an impactful part of it. I mean, look, we, we live in a fast food society, all of us. Mm-hmm. We just do. If we see it, we want it. We want to buy it. We want to go there. We want to try it. I mean, you know, like just that's what it is. And when you have a winning organization, when you have superstar players, you have young people, boys and girls that sit there and go, wow, I want to be Patrick Kane. I want to be Jonathan Taves. I want to be Duncan Keith. I lived it in Pittsburgh, too. When I was coaching, I mean, we drafted Mark Andre Fleury, Evgeny Malkin, and Sidney Crosby in back-to-back-to-back years. Now, look, you need a little bit of luck. I just named three of—I <laughs> yeah. just named three of the—you <laughs> could argue—three of the top twenty-five players in the last twenty years. Right. You could argue that. Yeah. So you need, and Kane, you would, you know, put yeah. Kane right yeah. in the top two or three, right? So that part of it, and and it is so impactful. To have an entertaining product, to have athletes that are willing to understand and, and have the ability to be able to teach and understand the impact because the numbers of applicants for learning to play hockey went up in both of those markets when these players came on board. So, you know, I think it goes hand in hand. I know what it was like from a hockey guy of looking like, wow, like we're gonna get kids that sit there and go, oh, instead of playing baseball or you know lacrosse or whatever it's like well wow, I want to at least try hockey mm-hmm. and the one thing that kills our sport is how expensive it is I mean you know and that's been a big pothole for for hockey in general just because when people look at it to sign up for hockey in certain markets the money is what it is and when you play soccer or whatever other sports you know, people look at it financially and I understand that so but I just think the impact was incredible and even even you know you go back years before that winning teams entertaining teams, and superstar players, numbers like that have a big impact. And I mean, and Nick lived it as a young kid in Pittsburgh, and then he lived it as a as a young man in Chicago in those years. And you know, being an aspiring hockey player and eventually getting to college, so he could probably speak to the you know he lived it, you know. And and I've seen it.
3: I think the biggest thing for me was I think young people these days are really looking for things to root for. They're looking, they're they're kind of frothing at the mouth. At least people in my age bracket mid 20s early 20s they want something to cheer for and yeah of course winning helps in a big way but if you can have some attracting players for whatever reason for the way they play for their personality off the ice for kind of the behind the scenes access which i think they're cracking are doing a great job and they're gonna have some really exciting things coming out this year um having lived it growing up watching guys like i did in chicago uh I see some of those similarities here. I mean, look, there's obviously big expectations for the likes of uh, Matty Beniers and Shane Wright and a lot of the, the good young players that they have. So, you know, can those guys be the legends of the future that can draw more fans now? I think so. I heard a uh, stat. I don't know if this is super accurate or whatnot, but I'm pretty sure this area is one of the largest growing uh, for, for learn to play uh, here in Seattle, which is which is great. And obviously, there's a great hockey history here as well. But reflecting back on my experience and my history with usa hockey and seeing it grow in chicago and really the all of illinois the fandom you know when i would go to school there'd be blackhawk stuff everywhere and it doesn't matter if it was uh, girls boys i mean it didn't matter teachers everybody was wearing it when they were winning and so obviously you know like uh, like edzo said winning will bring more fans of course uh, but I think when you're in a market like this, when there's already such a great uh, fandom of sport and of the team so far, you know, this is could be the start of something really, really special. Um, but I just look back. It was just it was hockey everywhere. I mean, there were Blackhawk flags out of cars and at school. Everyone had a Blackhawk shirt on when they were winning And, uh, you know, and so those are the types of things that I think are going to come as this team, you know, continues to to gain steam in the community and getting out in the community, I think, is another big thing, which is what they obviously have had a tough time doing the last couple of years because of covid because of the restrictions. And that's just the way of the world. It's what it was. But, you know, moving forward, I I know that there's going to be some great plans to get out there a little bit more reach to a lot of different types of communities and try and bring as many people on board because it's an exciting project that's going on here with some great people at the helm.
1: Yeah, and you still need. You, you talked about Pittsburgh and Chicago, but and the success of the team. But the team needs to be ready to embrace it too, mm-hmm. right? They need to, you know, throw the gas on the fire to make sure, like, they're taking advantage of the opportunity. I mean, and I think the Kraken have like laid the groundwork here. I mean, we're probably going yeah, to outgrow this think a couple years. At, yeah, I was very involved with the Blackhawks, something I'm very proud of when I was there
5: as far as with the youth hockey and hockey camps and, you know, when I was a lot younger and I could tie my skates <laughs> a lot easier and, you know, kids would make fun of that. You want to say it? My wood stick? Yeah, go ahead, Nick.
3: Wood is good and cool. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't forget about the time we would race together. Oh, we would okay, race against one another at the for camp. Another. I won every time. Yeah, by the yeah. way. I, <laughs> I won every time. From the he goal line the, to the red line, that was the race. Yeah. I mean, you had the age advantage. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he had the games played in the league advantage. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. So, you know. And he's carrying that very we heavy wood How about we go and play stick? post?
5: You know, after practice, and yeah, what was what were those scores, Nick? I think I think the
3: the overall record was I was probably like two for eighty. Yeah, There's a reason why I'm a broadcaster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, actually quick follow up on that on the wood stick. Did you have your own? Like I used the Paul Coffee Curve when I was like playing out on the You didn't the,
5: use the Eddie Olchek one? I, I don't
0: recall <laughs> seeing that in the store. Yeah, like, you did probably you... wonder who's this guy? Should buy a should buy a vowel for his last name this guy. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have your own though? I mean did, I, I don't know. I I know now they customize it, but was that Yeah.
5: I think I actually say one of the greatest compliments I got was uh, Sidney Crosby said, "Yeah, I used to get your uh used to use your Eddie Olczyk" Yeah, old oh, wow. Titan uh, back in uh, Canadian or Titan, I forget which one he was. I think it was a Titan. Mm-hmm. And the Canadian tire he bought it at. It's like a, it's like a Home Depot up right. in Canada. You right. know? So yeah, you know, a Canadian tire is probably a little bit more than a Home Depot. So probably yeah. more like Walmart. Okay, let's go to Tarjay. We'll, we'll go up just a little <laughs> there. Bit. You go. Yeah, a little more, a <laughs> little more. Quality. But so on the topic of
0: Sid, so you were technically—I mean, not technically—you yeah. were his coach yeah, for the first, first coach, half first coach, yeah. of his. So first how much? Coach, yeah. I mean, how much credit do you take for his success? Close your eyes.
5: <laughs> okay, I'm so cl- close. Tell me what you see. Uh, I see nothing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. There's, there's uh, your answer. I get it. I, get I, it. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud. I, I I enjoyed that experience of coaching yeah. in Pittsburgh. I did. It was an incredible experience, and we, uh, we were in the middle of a, you know, we were kind of I was there at the start of a five-year plan. You know, we blew it all up. And then, like I said, we moved up from third to first to pick Marc-Andre Fleury. And then the next year was either Ovechkin and Malkin, and we got Gino. And then we won the the lottery between us and Anaheim. And we got number one, and we took Sid. So, Mm. you know, the stars were lying. I mean, you know, I'm disappointed I get a chance to see it out. But I think it made me a better hockey guy, maybe a better broadcaster. But you knew from day one that he was, uh, you know. You just knew he was different he, he was breathing different air. And look at I, I played with some of the greats in the game. And I mean I play with Mario, I play with Ronnie, uh, I play with Jager, I play with Danny Savard, I played with uh, you know, Keith Kachuk and Timo Solani and Boris Salming. I mean I can go on and on. <laughs> Brian Leach, Marc Messier, I mean I, you know, very lucky. Steve Larmer, one of the more underrated players ever to play in the National Hockey League and is a Hall of Famer in my opinion. But he just he took a breath from a different planet like it just you just saw it and you just knew that and the, and the thing I have told a story before but when we would do video even when we the play would start it it would be frozen we'd have three or four clips and we'd sit there just the two of us and I'd hit the machine the old VCR and if you don't know what that is look it up on <laughs> the world wide web and I would hit the play button and he would go yeah I probably should have stopped here in front of the net or whatever you know and then within seven or eight seconds here comes the clip and and boom you know. So, you know, you just, you you knew, you you just knew and having played in the league as long as they did, you just, you knew that the kid, I mean, obviously the physical and the talent, but he was, he was one step ahead of everybody else.
1: And so you talked about your brief stint in Pittsburgh, right? Getting whacked in for the holidays. (laughs) Yeah. Um, did you, did you, at the time, did you think you'd get back into coaching? Like, or, or like, were you like, ah, oh, it's just not for me? Or what, what was your mindset um, I, then?
5: I, I had a couple of opportunities to get back. The head coaches, not at the NHL level, but um, assistants in the NHL. Timing just was not good on a couple of the situations and just didn't ever come to fruition. So I really enjoyed the teaching. I really enjoyed the, uh, being back in the trenches with the guys. And I really enjoyed that. And like I said, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And then, you know, look at it. I got let go in Pittsburgh and I ended up going back home and, and working for the Blackhawks and, and Rocky Wirtz and and Danny and, um, you know, and then doing national for NBC for 15, 16 years, working with Doc Emmerich. So, You know, like I said, things happen for a reason. And, you know, sure, disappointed and, uh, you know, kind of feel a little empty still. But it's just the timing aspect of it. The timing was different. Maybe. Maybe I would have taken those opportunities to go and and be with some pretty uh, respectful
1: coaches around the league. You brought up Doc Emmerich. And I want to know this straight from somebody who knows him well. Is he the nicest person on (laughs) (laughs) this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Doc's uh, Doc's the best. I ran into him at a Starbucks at Rockefeller Center as they were there for the planning meeting for NBC. And uh, it was like 6.15 in the morning, something insane yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recognize him. So, I like you know, to say Doc wasn't just getting in, by the way. Just for the record, I
5: mean, he'd been he been up around. Okay, fair and, enough. Know, fair, you know, I don't know. Robbie was at yeah, church
1: first, yeah. and then Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just but, for the record. You know. But I, you know, I turn around, introduce myself. I'm like, I'm in for Seattle to check out three hockey games. You know, it must have been like, probably ten years ago sure. now. And uh, he would have talked to, talked to me for hours. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I I feel you know I've seen plenty of interviews with you, and obviously we're very comfortable right now. Uh, John Forslund's also a great human. Yeah. Like, what is it about broadcasters here? Like, are, is it, <laughs> do you just have to be like the nicest humans on earth to, to like be attracted to the industry? Are or you
5: just? I, no, it seems like we're, we're painting, uh, all of the play by play guys as being the nicest guys. <laughs> in the, you know, I mean, you, oh, didn't, you didn't mention no, any, no, any, any uh, yeah. analysts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we're all yeah. talking. The, yeah. Uh, well, those two guys in particular, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, look at the work with Doc was, you know. It was pretty intense though to, to sit take over the chair of a guy, John Davidson, who I think is the best right. analyst hockey's ever had. And you know, to replace J D on the national stage was certainly an intimidating chair to sit in. But Doc was an unbelievable team and we had great trust and and I think the greatest compliment I ever got from Doc and, and it kinda of felt like I knew I had arrived is I think uh, was uh, Doc talking about our, our relationship with somebody and Doc had said is that and I'll try to I'll try to quote him verbatim, but he said, I hope that when Edzo is 67, he has somebody that takes care of him as he is taking care of me. And I was like, oh, geez, like I made it. (laughs) I made it, you know, like, you know, you you talk about the stamp of approval or the seal of approval. Um, I did something right. But I like to think our relationship, and I know with Johnny, our relationship on the air is the same as it is off. And I think that's what makes great broadcasting partners and uh, teams is that it's, it's genuine. There's no, uh, there's no fluff. There's, it's, it's, it's genuine and uh, you make each other better and you push each other. So, I mean, Doc helped me immensely in my career. And as he's gotten a little bit older, I would carry his work bag, which was about, you know, I said, Doc, what the hell do you have in this bag? You know what do you have in this bag? I'm, you know the thing is about seventy pounds, and he's got. Yeah, you played a game in nineteen eighty five, and you know you were minus two against the Oilers and play. I go, can you not bring that card out anymore here? So I mean, look, he, he was great, and obviously, you know, to, to be with him was an incredible uh, thrill and honor. And then obviously with Johnny and, but yeah, we have a lot of great people in our game, and uh, very fortunate to know a lot of them. Yeah, I'm curious.
2: I wanted to go back to your, your Sidney Crosby experience a little bit. He athlete's had a lot of pressure on him, number one overall pick. He's eighteen. And yeah, I know you played in the NHL yeah. right after you got drafted. Yeah. So we're here in Seattle now and we're waiting to see what Shane Wright and the yeah. Beneers are gonna do. Sure. And, and similar situations. What advice would you have to a guy like uh, like like Wright who's coming in at eighteen yeah. right out, right out of junior?
5: Well I think first off they have the you have the management team that certainly knows and surround him with solid people. Let's put the hockey part of it out. You have to have uh, experience, non-agenda-led veteran guys, which is very important. So I think that they're well ahead of the game when you look at a lot of the you know the veteran guys that they haven't been around the block um, for the Kraken. But I think look at there are things you can control and things that you can't. And as a young player, you just got to come in here and keep your mouth shut and your ears and eyes wide open. and and figure it out from there. Just go do and do what you do best. Like if you're an offensive guy, don't sit there and try to become Ron Francis. You know, if you're a Ron Francis type of guy, don't think that you gotta try to, you know, to score goals and you know i mean obviously Ronnie could score but you know i mean maybe <laughs> bad, bad comparison but you know what i mean two way yeah. player like just 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 do it just be comfortable and i think that's that that would be the one thing that i would say to to any young player that's coming in the national hockey league and you know you're here for a reason don't live your life wishing you would have done something. Don't think it's just going to be handed to you and just because you're a third pick, 15th pick, seventh round pick, I can we can go through the NHL history and just go look at. A lot of guys drafted in the first round They didn't play more than 100 games in the NHL. And when you start looking at guys second, third, fourth, fifth, everybody comes at their, you know, everybody everybody moves at different speeds and and gets to the National Hockey League. So, um, but that would be the one thing that I would, you know, to say to those guys and and uh, But it's a really important as an organization is that you have good – because I had it when I was an 18-year-old guy. I mentioned Troy Murray earlier, but I had Dennis Savard, Doug Wilson, Al Secord, Kurt Frazier, uh, Dougie Wilson, and I'm going to go on and on. I was very lucky. I had a veteran-laden team. But I think that's really important from an organization. And, again, you want to put guys in – You know, expectations are tapered. But I think you want to put them in situations where they can have great success.
0: Nick, one, one thing that we kind of glossed over there very briefly was that you sort of jumped from covering, I guess you were doing a Notre Dame game, right, into covering the Blackhawks, right? How was that experience from your eyes, right? Like, what do you remember about those things? Because I think you did, you said you did radio first and then you kind of moved into a TV role, right? So like, were you feeling a little bit thrust into the spotlight there? Were there nerves? What were those days like for you?
3: You asked, what do I remember? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of uh close Close my eyes, and that's the answer. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of bright lights. <laughs> but it's actually kind of crazy. I uh, I got my first opportunity to do radio. Against, uh, it was the Blackhawks at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it was uh, November 19th or November 9th, because I remember it was one day before my brother Tommy's birthday. And I got a call at 7 a.m., and it was the Blackhawks saying, we need you to come do the game tonight because Kaylee Chelios, who was an analyst at that point and still is, does a great job. She had taken sick. And I'm like, I'm just barely getting up. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like when you wake up and you get a phone call and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I've been up for six hours. I already got my <laughs> coffee and my run. Get. Yeah. And I was just I was over the moon can you split an Adam? I, t- I t- told
5: my kids, can you split an Adam? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who Adam is, but yeah, I'm going to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. That's yeah. what you got to do. You got to be yeah. ready. You never know when, like I said, you never know when that call from the bullpen is going to yeah,
3: come. Yeah. So, um, and that I got a little ahead of myself, but that kind of came after we had already kind of set up a little bit of a schedule, a, a schedule yeah. or a little bit kind of like a trial run type of thing. But yeah, so the, the three years prior was, was down driving, Three and a half hours down to Indianapolis to do games for the Indy Fuel, and and Jim Hallett, uh, the owner there, was was uh, gracious enough to to give me an opportunity to do what I have always wanted to do. Um, and you know, even before that, grew up playing, played Division One uh, at Colorado College for a couple of seasons, and uh, the hockey part of it, the playing part of it, the opportunity just kind of really wasn't there, and so I left early, and uh, and then uh, started linking up with the Indy Fuel, and. Those we're three we're a
1: very pro ECHL podcast. Oh, yeah. by the way. we yeah. like, love talking about the Kelly Cup and all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. It's Trust it's us. it's yeah.
3: a great league. It's a league for both players that want to move up, for uh, staff members that want to move up, as well as broadcasters. And obviously, Everett Fitzhugh, right? And I remember talking to him at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum whenever the Cincinnati Cyclones would come in, and we would chat back and forth. A great guy. I've known him for a couple of years. Um, so it is a great developmental league for a lot of different people, not just players, but for, you know, uh, team staff members as well. So was grinding it out down there, was loving every second because I was doing what I always wanted to do. And, in fact, I was doing what I've been doing in my bedroom since I was about 10, <laughs> and that was broadcasting the video games that I would play. Um, At all the, hours of the night. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Or all hours of the day. Yeah, yeah say, waking yeah. up, uh, getting texts from my dad saying, a little quieter, please. I'm trying to so, watch TV. <laughs>
0: so you're, like, playing the game, and uh-huh. you're like, all right, Olchek passes DeLemieux, like as the game is, as uh-huh. you're playing the game, yeah. you're also saying yeah. what's happening.
3: I, as I was playing, you know, NHL 08 and 09 and so on and so forth. And the voices of VA Sports at that time, I
5: think, were Doc Emmerich and Eddie Olchek. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I think I probably have a thousand follow up questions on that as far as <laughs> how that all goes, but we'll save that one for another day. But yeah, uh, man, yeah I but mean, that's some multitasking, though. I mean, that's yeah. probably harder than doing the real thing because you have to both be controlling the game yeah. and also yeah. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> and, so.
3: and I was, uh, uh, I probably needed looking back. I probably would have uh, an oxygen tank, probably would have helped me out too. Because <laughs> aside from just playing and controlling the players, yeah. I would do color. Or I would do play by play and color. Wow. There's a, there's a reason why I'm an analyst. I'm not great yeah. on color. I think I have a halfway decent goal <laughs> call, but you know, we'll probably keep that in the, in the barracks for now. But that's kind of, you know, people say, is this something you always wanted to do? I think it just was innate. Mm-hmm. Like I I didn't know if I p- grew up playing video games cause I like gaming or because I like broadcasting as I played. And it's a great tool. Like people reach out to me, broadcasters that, you know, want to continue their career. They're like, you know, how do I get better? I was like. We'll pick up a controller. And I mean, that's a free, or you you know, you could watch things on TV. You know, you know, it's interesting. He talks about that real quick is that I know we're pressed for time, but um,
5: Nick's talking about that aspect of the gaming and then the calling the game while he's playing or whatever is that, you know, people ask me when I played again, I played a long, long time ago, but I, I, people talk about my hand eye and I really believe is my hand eye coordinate I played a lot of baseball. I love baseball. I'm like, my dad still thinks I would have been a better baseball player than, <laughs> than a hockey player, but I played a lot of pinball when I was a kid and I really I really believe the hand eye coordination of playing pinball timing too right 100% yeah. I, I I really I do believe that like look at I I was blessed I don't know why I think my mom and dad I had a gift and I wanted nothing more than, than to be a hockey player my whole life but I do believe that what helped me with my hands and just you know, my skill is that I, I I mean, I played a lot of pinball. I mean, I don't want to say I was a pinball wizard, but, you know, thank you, Elton John, but, you
3: know, I... (laughs) Did you ever take off school to go play pinball? Did you ever... Do, Do we, we have
5: other commercials here? We need to. Uh, <laughs> okay, first off, it wasn't pinball; it was Miss Pac-Man. Okay? Oh, okay, so just Sorry. for the record, which is right. much cooler. So well, yeah. it was pretty good. At Play Pac-Man, a little hooky too. in the arcade well, <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> every <laughs> once
3: <month's> in <laughs> <of> a while,
5: <laughs> 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 attendance was perfect at the Max Milk in Stratford, Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My well, junior year of high school. I mean, what, look what? at him now. So yeah. more of the story is: kids, go ahead and skip school. That's
0: that's the message. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just no. That
5: was. I think it was, I didn't realize, I thought we were off that class. Like, I thought oh, that was, yeah. like, study hall, sure. and I thought, <laughs> sure. you know. Sure. You were studying. But, yeah,
3: no, just, it's 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 an honor to be here and, um, you know, looking forward yeah. to uh looking forward a lot of fun. Future, Look forward
5: yeah. to doing this again uh, in season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, we
0: do need to wrap up. We're getting, um, wrap it up. Um, we're all getting text messages. Yeah. Now. yeah. Uh, one last thing. So, we know that you're a, a big horse guy, Eddie. Yeah. Um, big horse picker. Um, I came up with some names, uh-huh. uh, Kraken-related horse names. Sure. Um here's a couple for you. Uh really quick. Uh so just give me like an A B C D grade okay. on these. A craftsman called Yanni. B. B. Okay. Uh right as rain with W R I G H T. <laughs> C plus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going the um, wrong way. Maddie, our Lord and Savior. Is that two on the nose, you think? Yeah, probably C minus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then last one. I, I really like this one. So You'd want me as a teacher, C- wouldn't you? <laughs> Seattle, Seattle True, which is kind of like Seattle Slough, yeah, but yeah. referencing Alexander yeah, yeah, True. Yeah, no, no. I, you I would it. say A minus. Okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I like that so one. True. All, right. all right. We Thanks, are way guys. out of time, Alex. It's all good. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been, getting, uh, we've been getting a lot of text. So thank you both so much, Eddie and Nick. We really appreciate it. Appreciate We're excited it guys. to watch Thanks. On the Thanks for having us. Thank Look you. forward to yeah. thank doing you. it again. Thanks. All right, thank you to Eddie and Nick. That was really cool.
1: I, I think we could have talked to him oh, for oh, like so, four so much hours. longer. Like we could have gone deep on any one of those topics. Yeah, I mean, didn't we have like twenty questions? We prepared? had so yeah, many. I and we asked like them. three. <laughs> we had so many questions lined
0: up, and we were gonna do our normal thing where we go through his story and we do this and that. And it was just like, no, let's talk about this thing, and then it would just kind of meander. as more like a more like a conversation, which was cool. Yeah. Um, and that's how those also guys are. So, psyched
1: about Nick, man. Nick he's was cool. pretty well spoken, and uh, not that. That should be a surprise or anything, but yep. I was like, I could, I could talk to Nick for another couple hours too, <laughs> yeah. and and we will, yeah. I'm sure.
0: Um, so that was that was great. Thank you to Katie Townsend for helping us get that set up, and Ben Guerrero was involved as well. Uh, funny thing, little behind the curtain peek on that one. We had all our questions lined up for Eddie, and as we were like on our way to Kraken Community Iceplex that morning, uh, John, you got a text that was like, "All right, we're all set for uh, Eddie and Nick at." Nine thirty or whatever, and we we're like, "Oh, Eddie and Nick." So, um, so we were kind of flying by the scrambling a little yeah. bit, yeah. More, more so than I think we normally do with interviews. I think we're usually really well prepared for the guests. We didn't have much prepared for Nick, so. Um, you but know, his story is pretty cool, right? It's, yeah. it's yeah. a great. We'll story get him on and, on and, and we'll, yeah. well, well and that's part it. of
2: the reason why we just let it flow and do like a conversation, it right? Just a little more casual, and it works great, yeah. you know.
0: Um, so anyway, thank you again to the Kraken for uh, for helping us set that up. That was great. We now move on to our segments. And our first segment is everyone's favorite segment: goalie gear corner. Can
2: I file a protest before we get into this? Okay. Okay. Um, I believe, Darren. Now, that hold this... on. Are
0: you filing this protest only because of the fact that I just went through that quickly, so you couldn't verbally get your protest out? No, no, no. I no, no. That... I, I purposely wanted he's... you to announce it. He first. wants right. to. You know.
2: I believe. And I believe because I helped edit it, but I believe you wrote a story on soundofhockey.com. I
0: did about, about goalie gear About
2: goalie gear corner. And I yeah. believe the goalie gear, the goalie gear that you're going to describe now, were all featured in your story. Uh, I don't. So we're getting double. I actually
0: don't think that's true. Okay. I think uh, you're overruled on that. Now the first one of the one, first, ones is, first one is don't, is Martin don't I get to decide here? Martin don't Jones. I get to decide? Okay.
1: You're overruled.
0: Oh, Andy. You pointed at Andy with the <laughs> yeah, overrule yeah. there. I just want it to be known for the record. Well, yeah. enough
2: of it is to, to be annoying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I didn't
0: say that. <laughs> so we're starting with Martin Jones. He's got a whole head to toe setup, which is pretty good. His mask is sharp. Oh, yeah, it's, it's clean. It's very sharp. It's clean. Um, it's got some interesting, like sparkly details on there. It's by Eye Candy Air. Is uh, I guess airbrush is the uh, mask painter. It reminds me a little bit of Drieger's mask from last year that had like uh, I think he had like historic Seattle Metropolitan players on the sides mm-hmm. of his mask, and it was like a white base with blue stripes, right? So sim. Similar look there, um, but the details are just a little bit different. It's like uh, white and black, like sketches almost of like a scary looking cracking. Crack-in. Yeah,
2: and understated suction cups. That's, on the yes. Great
0: point. <laughs> yeah, not excessively tentacly. You
1: didn't, you didn't think it is? I think it seems pretty tentacly. All right. Well. <laughs> one side is. But it's- I will I, I I'm not the one that has issues with tentacles so <laughs> but the coloring is pretty
0: light so okay
1: its it kind of takes the edge off the yeah. tentacles yeah. and
0: we went to dinner the other night and ordered octopus and it was very tentacly, let me tell you oh, right. yeah. That's, yeah. it was delicious because it was octopus right? delicious but yeah. I had to kind of get over that because it was very <laughs> I, I, I will say correct
1: that is a nice helmet okay
0: right you like it that's yeah. good uh his setup is quite nice as well it's just very clean uh it's a true setup so it's white with just Kind of the cracking colors down the outer rolls. Nothing to like write home about, but it's clean. It's nice. I I like what he did there. Uh, we did get a look also, and I know we already talked about Hellberg's setup, so we're not gonna do it again here. But seeing it in person, person for the first yeah. time, woo, it is something. Um, our other goalie gear corner entry comes from the Anaheim Ducks. This is gonna be John Gibson. Uh, he's got a new mask that is themed off of the uh, new Top Gun movie. So. It's really, really cool mask. It's it looks just like what Maverick wore, uh, except it's black, orange, and white, and it says Anaheim across the top in like the similar font and similar look. The only thing I'm a little confused on here is that on the chin, it actually says Maverick on the chin of his mask. Like, does he have like a? I don't
2: know. Is that a nickname?
0: I don't know. Like, or is he just that big of a fan of the Maybe movie? Maybe he, he just loved the movie <laughs> yeah. that much. Yeah, I don't know. He is American. That's I, true. I like, it's, so, uh, this is but pretty... I'm American. I didn't make a Maverick mask. This is
1: pretty. Unique. I yeah. like it. I like it from its uniqueness. Mm-hmm. But I do have questions about like, is it is this a super fan or
0: right or like, are they doing a Top Gun night or something? Like, I don't think it's oh, a specific because yeah. and it would John... be
1: weird that Top Gun would be would associated with the Ducks
0: and not the Kraken, yes, who are owned sure. by the yeah. producer. Yeah, but you know, I think John Gibson has done those kinds of masks before for like specific. Theme nights, but this is his like media day picture, and I think if you're doing your media day picture, you use <laughs> your. We're gonna you wear want. it more than the yeah. theme yeah. night, exactly. So yeah. I maybe think that's some nickname we just haven't heard. Maybe, maybe yeah, John Gibson that. Maverick could be. Um, okay, that's our goalie gear corner. We now move on to our weekly one timers. Couple of oh, our first weekly one timer. A couple of PTOs have been signed around the league, so Sonny Milano finally doesn't. Have a contract, but does at least go into a camp on a PTO uh, with Calgary Flames. I'm interested to know what is going on with Sonny Milano behind the scenes. That it, you know, he still doesn't have a contract, right? I
1: well, this might be the scenario that we talked about last week, where there's there's somebody are going to sign him, but they don't have. have Yeah, yeah. out the top of my head, I don't know who might be put on injured reserve to create space, but somebody. Oh, yeah,
0: maybe. Well, I heard Mike Smith is going to long-term injured reserve. Is he on that team? No, no, he's on Edmonton. He's on
1: Edmonton. I'm <laughs> like, well, wait. Because I never know. Right. Anyway. Um,
0: so disregard that piece that I just said. Um, another PTO, and this one is very controversial. Jake Vertanen signed a PTO in Edmonton. Noted uh, jerk. Uh, yeah. Well, he was. <laughs> Not
2: noted jerk for like playing for Carolina, just a real life jerk.
0: Uh huh. He was recently uh, investigated for some sexual misconduct allegations those charges were ultimately dropped but um nonetheless but only due to lack of evidence not because he was found
1: recently as in wasn't it like two years ago yeah
2: he went and played in the khl for a couple years
0: but wasn't i don't know weren't his but his charges just got dropped like a couple months yeah because they had to go through
2: the court systems and everything so So, yeah Uh, it went to trial but just there was a lack of evidence so it was dismissed
0: Anyway, a couple of semi bigger name players there on uh, on PTOs, so thought we should call those out. Uh our next weekly one timer. Speaking of the Oilers where Mike Smith plays.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> Jake Vertanen, right? Uh yeah, yeah,
0: in a way, I guess. Uh the they have leaked their – somebody leaked their uh, reverse retro jersey. Now, obviously, this is going to start happening because every team in the league is going to have reverse retro jerseys. Uh, they're going with that weird like gear thing that they went with as their third jersey the in like, the early 2000s. I do like it. There's some additional flair on it because I remember the original version was like blue and gray, I think. This one has some orange touches, which I think is nice. Uh, what I really do like, though, is that – I don't know if you guys – have noticed, but the little logo on the neck is the orange NHL logo from wow. like way back in the day. Oh, so, that's and I've cool heard touch. that they're going to be doing that for all these reverse retro jerseys. The more you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, cool. cool. Nice. By the
1: way, Seattle has a retro as well. That right. just hasn't been released, but Brilliant. it's really up to Adidas to release it. I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's the process or that's the protocol. So I would think you'd want to do that before the season, but uh, uh, I
0: don't know about that though. Cause they did it, They did it all in one day last time, and they did like a couple teasers where they'd show like a little part of it. To all right,
1: that little video, that hype video,
0: Mm -hmm. because I remember we did some posts and stuff, like, yeah. And I want to say it was because that was the season that everything got delayed because of COVID, so I don't think they were playing yet. I don't know, I don't know if they were playing yet. I think it was
2: right before the season,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, meaning, I guess my point is. Seattle one's coming soon, Mm -hmm. right? It is. Yeah. That's true. It Uh, exists. a retro look. Yeah. Going back in history. And I do know there's some (laughs) supply chain issues.
2: Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. Our next weekly (laughs) one-timer. Sean Couturier has a back injury, uh, so that's potentially a big thing, potentially not that big of a thing. It says he's going to—well, I guess it is a big thing. He's going to miss six to eight weeks is the uh, kind of initial expectation they're going to hope that he heals after six to eight weeks, and if not, he might have to do surgery, which would be a much longer recovery. So that could be a big deal. He's one of the best players for Philadelphia, um, huge piece of that lineup. So we'll see how that goes.
1: That
2: team might,
0: they stink, might stink this year. Yeah. But they got torts. You got the torts factor in there.
2: Did you see the letter he wrote to the fans? I did.
0: Yeah. It made me want to run through a wall as a yeah, non-Philadelphia. So if the player's
2: not working hard, he's not going to be. You're not going to see him.
0: That's right. Sore back, well <laughs> – gonna hurt more because now you just long way from the heart as they say, right? That's right. <laughs> uh our final weekly one timer. <laughs> the home opener at the Mullet Arena, famed mullet <laughs> arena in where is this? Tempe, right? Is that where the yeah. arena yeah. is? Arizona State. Uh where the coyotes are temporarily playing on ten twenty eight they're gonna have mullet wigs for all fans in attendance. Why not? So. Awesome.
1: Why not? What did you think of the logos? Did you see the look Yeah the, I thought it was fine. Yeah it's fine.
0: I have no issue with it.
1: People were like complaining like this is a joke. I'm like, no it's, not. it's fine. It works it's out. Logos yeah. on the ice. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. People like to complain. Yeah, you you don't you don't say. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know if you've noticed
0: this. Before. No, it right.
1: seems like everyone's really positive out there. <laughs>
0: Those are our weekly one timers, <laughs> and we close the show with our uh, tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week.
2: So my tweet of the week has absolutely nothing to do with hockey.
0: Okay, is it about uh, Queen Elizabeth or Reggie Jackson? No, no.
2: It's from a, from a, a, a listener <laughs> or a guy, It's from a guy who's followed us a lot. Uh, uh, his, his handle right now is Olook oh Look Rain, but I think, or Look Pain, but I think it was O oh Look Rain, hmm. but you may have recognized him. So last weekend I went to see Bikini Kill
0: at Marymore Park. Okay. You know, legendary you, punk rock band. Oh, a punk rock band. Yeah. I thought it was like people in bikinis no, hitting I'm each other or something. No, quite the opposite. Killing each other. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Like one of the original Riot and Girl bands. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Hanna, their singer, is like a, a legend, but. Okay. Um. The people who bought me the tickets, the friends of mine bought these tickets actually like a year ago. They bought these tickets. And uh, wow. uh, unbeknownst to me, my friend paid extra. So we would sit in the VIP area, which mm-hmm. they call the Pines there. That comes with like all you can eat food and drink. You get like drink tickets. So you don't have to pay for anything else extra. Is this
1: all in the tweet? Huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just and so
2: kidding. I, I thought that was like very much not punk rock. So I tweeted out a picture of my food. And I see. Saying nothing more punk rock than seeing Bikini Kill at Marymore, which also uh. isn't very punk rock. Uh, and getting in the VIP section with all this free food and, and a comfortable seat. I had this, this cushioned chair to sit in.
0: All right. It all sounds lovely. Yeah. So Oleg sounds responds
2: to that. He, so I look he responds. He says, my favorite punk songs are about exclusive access and premium experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got
1: to get of that. Oh, that's pretty good. John, pretty good. your got tweet me. of the week. So uh, my tweet of the week comes from uh, this Twitter account, at Seahawks. Okay. Okay. I think they're a professional um, team in okay. the area. All right. But it's got a picture of DJ Dallas from this, the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. and Brandon from Tanev the superimposed on the stepbrothers movie kind of promo and it says did we just become best friends <laughs> i liked it yeah. so and D- yeah, it's dj good. dallas big hockey fan friend and, of the blog and so the fan. the
0: backstory there is yeah he's a big hockey fan and dj dallas also in his headshot did the brandon tan of big eyes <laughs> thing so as <laughs> um, an homage because yeah. he really likes brandon House. right so yeah. they're they're both doing the, the big eyes thing which is very funny uh mine is somewhat related uh so after they tweeted out the the kraken tweeted his headshot today uh we at sound of hockey the at sound underscore hockey tweeted um a picture that had the kraken logo but we superimposed one of his eyes over the kraken logo and we said they should change their logo um this guy sam at Fratzog responded with the the meme of like the simpsons class when they're like I think it's the one where Bart is the, he somehow becomes famous for saying I didn't do it and like goes on all these talk shows and stuff. (laughs) And so his classmates are all looking at him like saying, do the thing. Right. So the meme is, he says, do the face turbo. And then, uh, Fratzog put in the the picture of, of Turbo and then it's just all the kids celebrating with, with Turbo in the middle of the class, <laughs> uh, awesome. which is fantastic. Very well done. Uh, we appreciated that reply. So nicely done, Fratzog. Uh, that is episode 206. That was a long one, guys. Not going to lie. I hope our listeners are still with us because that was a very long one.
1: Preseason starts yeah. next week.
0: That's right. It's a super-sized episode because it's here preseason Monday nice. and Tuesday. Uh, training camp starting by the time you hear this um, podcast. Yeah, we made it.
1: We survived we survived the brutal summer, the the brutal call, summer in Seattle. The yeah.
0: yeah. Was it? It wasn't well, that for me,
2: I was I was struggling to kind of find topics to write about there. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: luckily I just, this came yeah. <laughs> like this week I'm arrived. Just waiting yeah.
1: for the winter. That's, That's all right. I do.
0: Okay, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Idiot Guru for the very nice uh, review with the Sea Shanty. Leave your five star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on next week. You don't show. have to make it Sea Shanty. It a not have to be musical. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but thank.
1: you. But Darren has never backed down from no, singing something. Never. So.
0: Uh, Thank you again to the Kraken for letting us talk to Nick and Eddie. And thanks to Nick and Eddie for the time. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk to you all next week for episode 207. Cheers.